Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Junior Stanislas on the ball, heading forward inside the Huddersfield half. With purpose, Junior Stanislas going past everybody. Hello and welcome to episode 107 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. My name's Sam Davis and it's Monday morning. Hope you've had a good weekend. I reckon some of you might have. Well, we all have, but especially the 1,200 that were inside Dean Court singing Eddie, sorry, JT's name, Freudian slip, and 5-0 against the Terriers. Wow, what a performance it was. Now, on this podcast, we're just going to cut to the chase. No do you remember, no trivia, nothing like that. We're joined today by Jeff Hayward and Tom Jordan. Myself and Jeff, we were watching on AFCB TV, but I thought we need to have the views of someone from inside the ground. So that is exactly what we've got. So we're going to be bringing them in in about 10 minutes time. Now, if you've been on our YouTube channel, you may know that we did a match day experience vlog. For those of you that haven't seen it, well, you can hear it here. And this is through the eyes of myself and Tom Jordan. Plus, there's a few Cherries fans on the way narrating their match day. And we may have captured a goal or two. Hi, I'm Michael Botto, making some noise for the boys on Back of the Net. Good morning. It is match day. Come on. Oh, really looking forward to fans being back in the Vitality Stadium. I'm not going to be one of them, uh, but Tom Jordan is. So we've got a bit of a match day comparison now. Uh, it's just gone about half past ten. I'll go to my local Tesco's Express just to get some provisions for the day. It'll be an AFCB TV day later on. Tom, meanwhile. He's waking up with a match day to come at Dean Corp. Lucky bastard. It's early, but it's match day. Got the Jeff on. Oh, sticking to a coffee early doors. Calm before the storm and all that. But, uh, oh, buzzing. I mean, we've got to get down there super early. So I'm going to make sure I get to the boozer early doors. Have a beer with a substantial meal, of course. Eating to drink and all that. But yeah. To do that, then we'll crack onto the ground early doors and see what it's like. Hopefully they'll stick on Home Alone or Love Actually or something. Get us in the in the spirit and all that. But buzzing to see the boys. Absolutely buzzing. Shame not everyone will be there, but I'll make enough noise for everyone, I'm sure, under my face mask. So back home, bringing the three points back. Come on! So I've put my match day pass all sorted here and I'm just reading through Twitter and actually uh, it's making me quite emotional seeing some of these tweets of fans that are 
Really looking forward to getting back into the ground. Sam said, can't wait to watch the boys again. Michael, back at Dean Court, and I don't often talk about how I feel on here, but going back to a place where in the past for a couple of hours I can get away from it all is something I'm really looking forward to. James is buzzing for today, and Damien said, haven't said this in a while, yippee, it's match day. Mike Botto, the announcer, said, whilst it's been a real privilege to be at games during the pandemic, it's felt sterile and soulless for large parts. I can't wait to see folk coming through the turnstiles later. Richard Crease, the Echoes photographer, for goodness knows how long. It's been 41 weeks since I took these photos at the Chelsea game. Looking forward to seeing fans back. James Hicks on bus on the way to Dean Court for the first time in nine months, hoping for a Cherries win. Will Tommy Elphick appear, he said. AFCB Rob, the stamp it massive rise and the first coffee hits the spot. It dawns our many months of sofa footy ends today. Unbelievable. So good to see people getting back in. Pub's now imminent. I'm waiting for uh, waiting for my mate and uh, head over to the boozer for a meal and pint. But yeah, weird, weird feeling today. Uh, just went and drove by the stadium, and it's just weird. Things are going on already. It's still in the morning. It's still in the morning. Like, I'm just like raring to go, raring to go. I don't know how it's going to be. But um, yeah, I already realised I was all right. I've got everything all sorted, face masks, you know what I mean? And then realised I didn't have a scene ticket. So um, let's grab that. Photo ID, there's going to be a lot of, I mean, I just can't imagine it being run too smoothly, but we'll see. We shall see. So while he's having a beer, I'm having a cup of tea and I put out a tweet this morning asking for fans footage and it is rolling in already. So enjoy the match day experience. You don't want to see what AFCB TV's like because, let's face it, we've all been doing it for too long. So, it's AFC Bournemouth versus Huddersfield Town. Over to you guys. And this voice is Paul Kenwood. Here we go. First football day of uh, the new season in the Championship. Just started walking on the way to the ground. It's um, a bit unusual to be leaving a bit early. Um, I only live about 10 minutes from the, the ground, so for me this is... Quite an early start. Meanwhile, in the Brunswick Arms in Charminster, Tom sinks another Guinness. Sun shining. Can confirm I've had my substantial meal. What if I could squeeze another one in? Now, on the way to the ground is Kirk Tovey with son Owen. So, this feels weird after nearly 300 days. Get a phone call this morning. AFC Bournemouth. Got a ticket for me. Missed out on the ballot originally. I had some returns. Snap their hand off. Me and the boy are here today. Can't wait. Feel sorry for those that haven't got a ticket, but gonna appreciate how lucky I am. Gonna enjoy the game today. I'm sure it'll be different to something we've seen before, but we'll take it all in. Got the boy here with me. Small prediction. 2-1 Yeah, I said that earlier as well. 2-1, up the cherries. Meanwhile, back to Paul Kenwood, who's just arrived at the Vitality. So it appears I underestimated the queue from the distance, and it's actually wrapped around, and there's probably about 50, 60, 70, 80 people maybe. There's media, there's all sorts out here at the moment. Um, but everyone's in good spirits. Everyone's just looking forward to getting into the ground. But uh, as you can see, there's quite a big queue people behind me. And uh, it's sort of snaked round so that access can be granted to the car park. So. so you know that classic walk from the Chaos Corner newsagent on Ashley Road going past the cricket pavilion across the fields? That's where Tom is at Kings Park. Walks on, they've actually got a bottle of Coke, so that's risky. I'll, I'll let you know if that's been allowed to be taken in. I'm down there as quick as I possibly can. We've got Twixes on the go, everything. We could be in there for four hours, so um decided that... I should be allowed to drink. It's against my human rights otherwise, so. Oh, look at the water, there's a field. No, no old bill on it, so a bit risky. But no, I've got a walker here. Oh my God, here it is. Dean Court for the first time since February. Wow, we're here. We're in. I don't know what's going on. It's not being part of the walking dead. One o'clock, for God's sake. So the players are being applauded by the fans in the stadium as they warm up. And there's Nonny. 
teams come out onto the pitch. What a scene. And then it's not long before. 1-0. And then one. Becomes two. And then three, David Brooks. So the teams go off at half time, and what better time for some Paul Kenwood analysis? 3 0 up, up after 25 minutes. Uh, Dom Solanke on a hat trick at the moment, which is fantastic. What a game, what a game. I mean, the players seem to be responding to the fact that there's fans here. Even the linesman's given decisions that he probably wouldn't have done, same with the ref. Um, so yeah, it seems like the fans are having their, their, the correct impact here. Um, looking forward to a good second half. Hopefully we carry on the way we've been going. Dom gets a hat-trick and Brooks should have had a second, but you know, take three to half-time, definitely. So um, enjoy the rest of the game. And they did. It was only four. Get in! Come on! That's what it means! Get in! And then watching from home, Billy Day enjoys Sam Surridge scoring the fifth. Full time. Not a bad scoreline. Right, let's hear Kirk Tovian Owens' full-time match report. So today I told myself that it doesn't matter what happens on the pitch today, it's not a time to be critical, but a time to be grateful that we've got the opportunity to watch live football again. Fortunately, the boys put in an absolute blinding performance, dominant display, quality all over the pitch, clinical finishing, three points on the board, goal difference improved. So we are happy. What was your favourite goal, Owen? Uh, probably the junior Stanislas run. And uh, your man the match? Dom Solanke. Can't disagree with that. Probably just nips David Brooks. But we are happy cherries here at the Vitality. We're with you all at home. Come on, you cherries. Well, that was all right, wasn't it? Oh, amazing. Uh, really enjoyed it. It was just great to be back in the stadium and see five amazing goals. Complete performance. See a young lad, 16-year-old, get his debut. Dom Solanke running the line, Brooks, yeah, it was brilliant. And uh, in terms of the club and the way it was run, it was really easy, really smooth. I know it was kind of that a testing one today, but um, it was it was easy. So uh, credit to everyone at the club. But um, so good to be back in there. Can't wait to get more people back in there. But it was a really good feel. And obviously the players delivered, you know, buzzing for JT and, and, and all the players. It was, oh, it was great. And uh, yeah, great way to start the weekend. But um, remember, we haven't got a goal scorer. We haven't got goals. We haven't got someone who can get goals, so that's going to cost us a season, isn't it? Remember that? Yeah? Dub, 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 Oh, absolutely enjoy putting that video together. And if you want to watch it, I advise you do so on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash AFCB podcast. Right then, it's time to bring in Tom and Jeff. Let's go through the game. Jeff, how are you, sir? Perfect weekend so far. And me and you were watching from home on AFCB TV. So for a perspective from inside the stadium, we've got pod regular and general nice guy Tom Jordan as well. Tom, how are you? I'm brilliant, Sam. Thank you very much. What a buzzing weekend, hey, Tom. That that must have been, I mean, the highlight of your weekend without doubt. But it's the whole day, I suppose. It's not just the 90 minutes. It's the whole day and just the amazing feeling to be back, surely. Yeah, definitely. And the players delivered on the pitch as well. So you couldn't ask for much more. 
you know, 5-0, some unbelievable goals, arguably our best and most convincing performance of the season so far. Got some youngsters on, a debut for a 16-year-old lad, clean sheet, fans back in. It was it was literally ticked all the boxes, didn't it? So, um, yeah, it was it was great. Couldn't have asked for any more. Any pies, though, Tom? I mean, that's the thing. What was that? The, that what was the... Yeah, that that was a, that was a blow. We couldn't. Um, if you had booked, I think it was something. If you had booked before, you could get some sort of deal or something. But you couldn't. If you hadn't, you couldn't just go and get food or drink or anything. Um, I logically bought a bottle of coke before because I thought I'm going to be sat in there for over four hours. Mm. Um, I want to drink, so I took a bottle of coke in. That that sorted me through. But unfortunately, no pie. But um, there was enough. There was enough to look at on the pitch that um, filled my appetite anyway. So describe your day up until 2pm, because that's where we'll start. It will be the team selection when it comes out through AFC Bournemouth social media channels. But Tom, whilst me, I mean, Jeff was probably doing the same, just having a sort of normal Saturday as it has been over the past, you know, goodness knows how many months, having a, having a cup of tea and just, you know, nervously checking through Twitter just to see the timeline. But for you, how was it different? I had to like wake up quite early. It was a three o'clock game. And I was thinking I need to get up and get sorted here. It was um it was weird. Me and I uh, went with a friend and they said that I was in the Steve Fletcher stand and they said to um try and get there between one and half one. Um don't know if that's what it's gonna be like going forward, but I guess that's due to the it was the testing event as well with the first one. Um noticed as well that it seemed like the two stands behind the goals uh, were in at that time and then the main stand and east stand come in a lot later. So I think I wonder if they were maybe told half one till two, I'm not sure. Because obviously the two stands opposite are not gonna be kind of mixing with each other. Um so yeah, we had to get there for one. So me and a friend went and got something to eat, substantial meal with my Guinness, of course. Um yeah, so just at a at a point, uh Brunswick and Charminster, that kind of way, went up there and then um walked onto the ground for for like I say, one-ish, but um, it was so smooth, so easy, really. I just You don't go through the turnstiles, they're kind of a handheld scanner thing. Uh, just scan your season ticket and then they open the big gates and you're straight in. Um, but you're in about one-ish and then you've just basically got to sit there till, till kick-off. So, um, but it was nice because it was, see the lad, I was row B, which was like the closest, seeing the lads warm up and stuff. So it was all right to be in there early for this one, definitely. Was there any interaction, Tom, between you and the players in that in that sort of warm-up period? Did they talk to the fans at all or come over and say anything? No, no, they didn't come over. I mean, I don't, I don't know how strict it is in terms of them being able to come over really anyway. I know there was a few times where you see supporters kind of stop to have a chat with someone they obviously know, another fan, and stewards are kind of moving them on. Um, can't really stop and talk and, and mingle that much, just kind of getting in your seat. I, like I say, this was the first one, like that testing thing. So I think they were just trying to get everyone in their seat and just ready. Um, but yeah, you could. It was a good feeling though, because when they're warming up, people are singing a few songs, you know, getting the atmosphere going, which was which was nice. And obviously, the players are clapping the fans and big Fletchers out there, patting his badge and all that stuff. So it was good. It was good. Uh, so you were in the same row as Nonny, and it was brilliant to see some of the uh, videos that have been released with all some some fans that I don't know their name, but you just see them every mm. single game, and it, you know it is like a big family. But I've got a question, Tom. Having a bottle of Coke, it's a bit risky for me anyway, because 20 past three, I'm sat there and thinking, oh, I might need to go to the toilet. What what would happen if you needed to go to the loo halfway during the first half? Or was it advised you don't or what? No, it's fine. You can you can go to the loo. They um, What they did is they kind of had up the stairs, you had kind of one way that was to go up and one to come down. So you didn't go up and down the same. Um, but because I was row B and there was no one in row A, oh, right. um, so and I'm right next to the concourse. I said to him, I said, it seems a bit mad for me to go all the way around. And they said, yeah, yeah, just hop over. So I didn't, because then I thought, well, I'd have to go past anyone. So my seating was, was ideal for that. So um, I've got a bit of a ritual where I have to go down, regardless of needing the facilities, on 38 minutes. So um, <laughs> I, I, I'd done it once and we scored and I missed the goal. And I'd done it when we played Birmingham. You remember when we went 2-0 down, promotion yeah. season? And I went down at 38 minutes and I thought we've blown it. And I just sat, I remember just going into the cubicle and just sit. I didn't even need the toilet. And I just sat there like that, thinking we've blown it. Come out, it was 2-2. So that's it now. That's stuck. So I still went down, 38. But yeah, it was absolutely fine. Like I say, they just kind of said that one stairway is to go up and one is to come down. And it was it was managed pretty smoothly, to be fair. Everyone's, you know, abiding by, you know, what they're being told. So it was it was quite comfortable, quite easy. Didn't see any, any real problems. Um, face masks were on and having a bit of banter with the stewards and things like that. It was fine. It was fine. And, and I've got to say, Jeff, I've watched a match with Tom before. 
superstition isn't even the word. I mean, he's even got a hat that he makes like sort of everyone in the group touch before the game begins. Like even if it's three o'clock and I haven't said, you know, the F bomb a certain amount of times, he's like, uh, Sam, you need to sound like fuck, 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 like <laughs> constantly just to get all these superstitions out of the way. And, you know, to, to be fair, I've carried a lot of them into my own kind of watching football during lockdown. So I think it's working, Tom, I've got to say, but sounds like a really good match day experience. And Jeff, um, I mean, I don't know about you, but, you know, I am happy for Tom, but I'm so jealous as well. It's, it sounds amazing. Well, the the last game played there, I had the good fortune to be at the, the Chelsea game. And uh, that was a long, long time ago. I mean, that that was... February, wasn't it, last year? Mm, oh, yeah. February at the start of this year, rather. And it just feels like an eternity that we were back in the ground. So, so envious. And I, I thought the great thing watching on TV was the difference it made to the, the experience of watching it on TV, just seeing fans there, having the fans singing. Oh, it's fantastic. It really was. And we all got the team at two o'clock then. And I was just looking through and I thought, oh, you know what, that's, that's probably fair enough. Just, you know, browsing through the subs bench. Hang on a sec, who's that guy? Virtual Tom, did you know anything about him beforehand? Because for me, didn't have a clue. I've always said he should be should be given a chance. <laughs> I've, I've yeah, always uh, said I don't know why he isn't getting off. No, I've never heard of him. And yeah. you know, you know me. I literally feel like I know everything that's needed to know about Bournemouth. If you like, never heard of the guy. Um, what an opportunity for him. And I guess like JT just saw a spot and for you know rewarded him for his performances in the academy. But I very much doubt if either of JT or the lad thought he'd get an opportunity to come on. And, you know, obviously the way the game was going, that was that was great that we managed to do that as well. But, yeah, like I said, apart from that, it was probably Jack Simpson, wasn't it, obviously coming in. We weren't aware that Meps obviously had a knock and Rodrigo suspended. But um, to be honest, I know it's difficult for Jack because I think the level of players ahead of him in his role are a lot better. But when called upon in the Championship, I mean, he's been called upon at Anfield and stuff like that in the past. And it's been so hard for him. But called upon in the Championship, I think he's a, he's a good centre-half. I was not really concerned. I thought he'd be absolutely fine. So, yeah, was happy and um, interesting to see, see Billing keep a spot as well. Yeah, so three in the uh, centre midfield there with Lewis Cook, Jefferson Lerma, Philip Billing. And uh, no Sam Surridge up front, Jeff. I think a lot of us thought he was going to start, but he wasn't to be. Well, it was interesting what side he would go for. I mean, I did think he would be a back four, particularly with... Um, with Rico being out, I thought he was likely to play Lloyd at left back, and that would that would then mean Meps or, as it turned out, Simpson playing playing in the centre. But I thought the interesting decision was how could you drop Phil Billing after the way he played in midweek? I mean, it, it you couldn't really. You had to bring Jeff back in, so he was going to go with those three in midfield. I thought Surridge might get in ahead of someone like Stanislas, who was. Um, you know, okay against Swansea, but not brilliant, missing those couple of chances he did. Uh, but actually, you know, when you when you saw it, you thought that's that looks pretty solid to me. And as so long as he played Lerma and Billing pretty advanced in midfield, which he did, you knew that was going to cause Huddersfield problems. Yeah, I mean, wh- when we spoke to Matt Tubbs, Jeff, he said that strikers are more in line for the of being disposable in terms of being dropped, but also, you know, on the grander scale, being released by a club. And strikers are usually um, for the chop more than others. Now, you referenced Billing there. He said, you know, he's had a he's had a great few games. He can't be dropped. He could have said the same thing about Sam Surridge, but the fact that he's a striker, it means that he's he's got more chance of not being in the next side, despite the fact he's had a, an incredible game, maybe. Well, I, I wonder if he's, if he's playing. He's playing this sort of system with one focal point up front at the moment. I mean, the the, the time when he played Sam and uh, Dom up front together against Barnsley, we haven't really played that sort of setup at all, apart from that one game. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. How long Dom can keep going for playing that main role? Three games, three games a week. I mean, it's. It's it's hard. It's really hard. We've still got, you know, over 20 games to go this season, more than 20, nearly 30 games still this season with the FA Cup games coming in. I think Sam's going to get plenty of game time. I think there's going to have to be some sort of rotation after Christmas because, you know, playing this system is exhausting for the players. So he will get his chances. What's great is that when he comes on and plays, he's got the attitude perfectly right and he scores. And it was brilliant to see him finish it off yesterday. 
Yeah, it really was. And uh, we're going to go through the action now. And, uh, you know, start off three o'clock and tell you what, Tom, if we if we want decent starts, I think that was it. You know, even up until the goal on seven minutes, we just had this um, sort of dynamism. Lewis Cook seemed to be running the show. Uh, even Philip Billing was playing with a bit of zip. Uh, Lewis Cook and Lerma playing with that extra degree of enthusiasm. I'm absolutely certain that the fans made a difference yesterday. Yeah, I'd like to think so. It definitely it's interesting. I afterwards obviously put some highlights on and stuff, and you don't realise how vote how much how much of a difference it is when you're in there. You know, you think, oh, you really could hear us, but um, yeah, it was nice. It, I think it's always been like that. I think you can start games better because the crowd you got the crowd there straight away. You don't have to kind of ease into the game. Um, I always I thought from the off that Huddersfield didn't look bad. I thought they look alright on the ball actually. This could be a be an interesting game, but every time we got the ball, I thought they can't cope here. You know, I, I didn't think they could cope with us when they didn't have it. And um, I thought Jeff in particular early on was um, kind of more on that right side, was really bombing on getting forward. He obviously, with Bill and Ann Lewis in there, you could see he was given a real licence. And um, he was, I mean, he was involved in all three of the opening, opening yeah. goals, wasn't he? Um, you know, just getting forward and, and giving them options on that. right. And mo- most of our players coming from that right side early on. But um, yeah, it was a really good start. And like I say, we looked so dangerous every time we got the ball. And Big Jeff, I mean, like you say, involved in that first goal. It was Huddersfield that were forced into a mistake. And let's be fair, it was a rotated Huddersfield side as well by the sounds of it. I mean, there was a player, Aaron Rose, who had, Chris Templer said, had one league minute this season, which, you know, you're sort of looking at it thinking, well, um, maybe the writing was on the wall before kickoff. I don't know. But yeah, going back to that chance on seven minutes, it was um, Lerma who, who forced the ball and won the ball, fed David Brooks, and Solanke was sort of running diagonally away from the goal, took a touch with the outside of his right foot to sort of set him up on his left, and as he bared down on the keeper, a little dink. Jeff, what a finish. What a finish. Well, uh, Tom and I were just talking about it, saying, you know, earlier in the season, he might have just blasted that, and to have the confidence to dink it as he did, brilliant skill. Skill. I also thought what was really interesting in the build-up, we've been frustrated at the number of soft free kicks that refs seem to give in the championship. Maybe it's just refs generally. But when that guy went to ground, anticipating Lerma's challenge and Lerma doesn't touch him, he just sort of falls over. I mean, I was laughing when I saw that. <laughs> and it was, it was just wonderful to see the ref play on because it wasn't a foul. Jeff makes a, a good pass into Brooksy and, and a lovely pass again from, from David Brooks, who I think, again, yesterday, he's coming back every game. He's looking better and better. Really great. Tom, how, how loud did it sound when that goal went in? Because I can imagine it. I mean, was there a bit of echo? Was it slightly different or did it actually sound pretty, you know, pretty high decibel? Yeah, it, it sounded really loud. It didn't... Um... I don't know because because it's been so long. It just it just felt like kind of normal when a goal goes in there, and obviously it isn't because you've got so many fouls and less. But yeah. that's what it felt like, and um, it was just nice to be able to scream when a, when a ball went in. But yeah, it was a it was a lovely it was a lovely finish, and um, he'd done it in in front of a, a fair amount of supporters, which was great for him. But uh, yeah, really good goal, and like I say, it, it seemed to seemed to, and then we just seemed to kick on from there. Once we got that goal, then the, then it got even more vocal. Do you know what I mean? The fans got into it, and the players just seemed to lift themselves even more from that, and it was. Um, yeah, we just carried on from there. I don't think we ever looked back after that goal, to be honest. No, and I think, you know, David Brooks started off, you know, pretty well. And he's he's won the player of the month, is it, in the EFL or something like that? And, mm. you know, I, I thought he was good last month, but, you know, I, I he's got a lot more to give. So for him to win that award, then, you know, when he's on form, you know, he'll be winning it 10 times over. But I thought with that first goal, the speed at which the ball was played to Jefferson Lerma, David Brooks, it was very... Very interesting what he did. He just took a slight touch, but he didn't stop the momentum of the ball. He kept it moving on. And that helped us to kind of not break the play because, you know, like if you take like too much of a heavy touch, people manage to get back. But he didn't. It was almost Lalana-esque, I've got to say. And yeah, what a finish by Dom. And we just carried it on and carried it on. Now, at the back, I think players were pretty much on form as well. And there was a strong save from Begovic on about 11 minutes or so. It was a, a left-footed shot from distance from Bakuna. It was slightly deflected off Simpson, actually, but palmed wide to the right. So, you know, whilst all our focus is on attack, Jeff, our, one of our things that we always used to do is take our foot off the gas, you know, defensively, but still really resolute back there. I have no problem 
saying I was wrong. I'm a bit like Kurt Tovey, right? Asmir Begovic, I thought his days, you know, his days as a keeper last season, I thought he was he was going to be out of the club. What a genius decision it has been to to have him as Aaron Ramsdale's replacement. He stepped up, brilliant save. I'll also go on the record and say, Phil Billing, I was wrong. If you play like that every game, you are a superstar. So let's keep it going. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. And look, this is very early to say after, what, 17, 18 games, whatever it is. Is it, you know, Begovic's decision-making, it seems to be really good. And arguably, so far this season, it's better than what Ramsdale's was. Would that be an unfair assumption, Tom? Uh, no, I don't think it's unfair. I think Asmir's come in and I think it's, it's hard to, to make too many, too many comparisons in terms of where we were when Ramsdale was here. You know, a team that were under the cosh a lot, low on confidence, losing the majority of football matches um, and he was coming under more pressure. I think what Asmir's doing really well is we're controlling games but he's not switching off when he's called upon. He's virtually in every game. Like I say yesterday, yeah. we went 5-0 so, you know, it was easy in that sense. But he still made a crucial save at a crucial point in the game. I think that's what he's doing really well. Um, what I did notice um, in the game was was being there, was how vocal he is. He is so vocal. Wow. Him and Steve Cook. Steve Cook was excellent in terms of being next to Jack Simpson as well. Really, you know, when Jack maybe gave the ball away, you could hear him saying, basics, 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 like don't overplay it, blah, blah, blah. But as it was so loud, I mean, I don't even think he stopped. He, I didn't realise how how vocal he was and organising all the way through, even when the ball's up with Dom Solanke, he's telling the defenders where to be, you know, really, really good. And I think um, people underestimate the fact that he's, you know, he's been to a, been to World Cups, he's played, in, uh, played at the highest level and he's very experienced. And I think um, that's something that I wonder if in the dressing room and things like that, we've probably not got loads of leaders, if you like, lost people like Frano, Daniel, Sermon. I think he's probably stepped up and taken that mantle on as well as Steve Cook. That was very noticeable yesterday, definitely. Mm. And, you know, even not long after that, there was another shot from Danny Ward where he sort of pirouetted and he had a strike low, but Begovic saved to his right and then he sort of collected the loose ball afterwards and I thought it was phenomenal. But between that, Big Jeff, right on it again. Uh, And I'm going to come to Big Jeff for your analysis of that goal because he he won the ball off the Huddersfield defence who were playing silly one-twos at the back and... I mean, the goal was simple, really, but his influence was amazing, Jefferson, throughout the whole game. I, I, I think um, there are there aren't too many teams that try and play out from the back in the championship. A lot of them tend to prefer to just lump it forward. Those that that do, and Huddersfield were one yesterday. I mean, they were completely completely done by the the pressing that we gave them. I thought was really high quality. I thought the fact that they made six changes, you know, the defence looked like they'd never met, let alone pass the ball to each other so what that what that uh, centre half was doing um, passing the ball straight to Jeff I mean it baffling but fantastic because zipped it straight in wonderful wonderful goal that yeah. defender who gave the ball away I um, said to a, a Huddersfield fan that I'd done a preview for him and I said you know had a little chat with him about the game and I said I've honestly I, I, I've never seen the guy before he was awful he was the amount of times he air kicked. He couldn't even kick half the time. He couldn't even kick the ball. He was useless, that bloke. And um, and I didn't realise how many changes they made. And when I um, spoke to the Huddersfield fan, he said in one of the managers' interviews or conferences or whatever, he was virtually saying along the lines of, "Well, we ain't going to beat Bournemouth anyway, so this is kind of the chance to give someone. It's a bonus game. It's a free hit." Do you know what I mean? Which is mad. I can't believe people are But it's like with a Man City. Do you know what I mean? But um, that seemed to be why they made so many changes. They kind of thought, even playing everyone, we're probably not going to get anything there. But yeah, and I think most of their changes were in the back line. And you could see that. I think the fullbacks were uh, both not played many minutes. And you could definitely see that. They could not cope. I feel really, I mean, to give young fullbacks their first go against people like David Brooks, I just think Good that is arse. Do you know what I mean? If they're going to get judged on that. But... Yeah, what they were doing playing it out there, I do not know. And Jeff, as always, is there. I, I mean, I'm running out of Jeff. We've got Jeff Hayward here, Jefferson Lerma, Jeff Moston. I mean, <laughs> Jeff, it's just, if I ever have a kid, Jeff. Oh, <laughs> it's got, it's got it's So proud, Tom, so proud. <laughs> you're, you're my third favourite Jeff, though. That's the only problem. Okay. <laughs> um, one, that, one Jeff that I'm not 
a fan of is Jeff Stelling. So I missed the Super Six this weekend, so I've got zero points. But that you know that was my own fault. But Huddersfield, right? It wasn't. It wasn't so long ago that they were in the Premier League, and they're thinking this already. Is it imperative that we get promoted? at the first time of asking before we almost have this like psychological stance that they have when whoever gets relegated from the Premier League this season comes down because we could be like, well, we're not beating them. No, I was I was just going to say they were, they were missing their best player, Schindler, who I think played in the Premier League. He's a quality player um, and would have strengthened that defence beyond belief. Alex Pritchard was a good player when he played for Brentford and played for Huddersfield. You know, he was playing yesterday. Um, oh. But... I just I don't I don't know it 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 was weird that they they I felt like you Tom they it felt like they'd conceded the game before it even started yesterday and you could tell the players weren't really they weren't really at it having having seen us lose to Preston as well in our previous home game you'd have thought they'd have been much more up for it but there was no game plan that manager is is in his first season don't know much about him but he might not make it to the end of the season if that's the way he approaches games because. That was that performance spoke volumes. I mean, when when was the last time you saw a goal, goalkeeper subbed at half time? It was really bizarre. I mean, I, like I said, when I when I spoke to the Huddersfield fan, I was he did mention straight away about Schindler, and I, I thought, yeah, he was pretty solid for him in the Prem. They'll miss him. But the way he spoke about it was kind of like, oh yeah, we're well happy with twelve. And I was thinking, and like almost like they'd have been happy with safety this year. And I was thinking, but you were in the Prem not long ago, and. They've lost, played obviously Billing. They've lost Moy. They've lost that Carlin Grant who went to West Brom. They've lost some good players. And he just said, we haven't replaced any of them. They're just bringing some youngsters through. But they're almost like they've just thought we've had our time in the Premier League. But I was very surprised when I said, um, you know, I, I expect Huddersfield to be decent. And he was kind of, oh, if we stay up. It was it was quite bizarre because I just didn't, obviously, I don't know loads about Huddersfield. But like you say, Sam, they, it wasn't long ago they're in the Premier League smashing us 4 1. You know, mm. I, I don't. Yeah, it was it was bizarre. And I did think at times, like you mentioned, Jeff, I thought Pritchard looked all right on the ball. I think if he was in a team like ours, I think he'd really benefit. I think he's quite a good footballer. He just didn't have the players around him. Um, and I thought they looked tidy at times, but they just, as soon as they lost the ball, they were just, they couldn't get near us. Um, but yeah, weird one that they just seemed to almost throw in the towel, I felt, so early. Do you, uh, Jeff, do you almost think that there's um, less of a burning desire to get in the Premier League once your facilities are there? Because they moved into the McAlpine as it was then in the sort of mid nineties, and it's a stadium that's still you know pretty good and it's befitting for them, and they've got a decent training facilities. So, to all intents and purposes, they don't need to. Whereas I think we need to because we need to expand the stadium, we need to build our training ground and our academy. Do you think that's maybe what they're thinking? Like, well. We're quite content. Let's just settle the championship football. Well, maybe. I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going on at their club. Um, they they felt to me that they're in a bit of a transition time between management and players, and and it's interesting when you compare them to us. I mean, they they got relegated and they're they're now trying to bring some young players through, blooding some of those. They've lost a lot of their real quality players, but. It feels like that squad was invisible compared to the team we last played in the Premier League. I mean, two two or three players, maybe max, turned out against us. And what we're doing, I think, is quite interesting. You know, we we tried to to transition the team over last season as the season was going on, and it didn't quite work. We never really quite found what was our ideal lineup. Yeah. But now, I don't know about you, but I feel so excited seeing all those youngsters coming through the ranks, being given their chances. And and the bulk of the squad is together, but it feels like there's a real energy amongst our team and belief that we can get back. And I, I didn't see that at all from Huddersfield. And I'm, I'm not sure whether that's that's because they've now been down a couple of seasons. Maybe they, maybe they just are comfortable with the status quo. Maybe they don't have that same sort of ambition or, or appetite from within the club to, to get back. Yeah, I think, and you're right about having the excitement about the youngsters at AFC Bournemouth. And there are a lot of seasoned and experienced brains in that side. Leaders like Steve Cook. You've got Junior Stanislas, people that have been there and done that. They've been at the club for a long time. They know what it's all about. They know championship football inside, uh, you know, out as well. Even Lewis Cook, even though he's still young, he can help those kind of lads. And a player that is, um, you know one of our best players is Jeff Lerma, Tom. And um, I'm sure they're learning from watching the way he's playing. But once again, instrumental in that third goal. Do you want to talk us through it? 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think the only I think the second goal was the only one he'd be down with an assist. But like yeah. like I mentioned, he in all all three of them first goals, it was he was he was largely involved, and I think he just kind of broke down that that right side. Like I say, he was definitely over to that right side more, and um, just dinked the little ball in. And but the way I think it hasn't been talked about enough, the way Don brought it down at the sky was just beautiful. I mean, it it wasn't an easy one to just bring down control, and then he just set it for Brooksy and. What finish? I mean, I think Brooksy probably should have got a few more actually, and yeah. he hit another one wide a bit later on and things like that. But he took that one perfectly. I mean, the keeper didn't even move, and um, yeah, it was just he picked that one out kind of thing. But yeah, them three, and then especially in that first half, Lerma, Brooks, and, and Dom were just it was a real nice little triangle at times. They were all giving each other chances, but yeah, Jeff was just constant as always, and just don't see that. I mean, he played 90 minutes again. He was right back, right wing back, centre midfield, attacking midfield. He's just everywhere, that guy, absolutely everywhere. Um, and yeah, I was really, really pleased to see him really involved from an offensive an offensive uh, display as well. Like he's doing that all season now. He's really, he's showing that he's not just doing that role because he can press so well. He's actually got the quality to like, yeah. you know, get an assist and be involved in their movements. So um, that was really good. And at that point, I thought this scoreline could be anything, you know. Yeah, especially with Brooks in the form that he was in. He sort he sort of used the defender as a shield and then yeah, put it in the corner and the keeper couldn't move. And then um on about twenty-three minutes, I think David Brooks did this like worldy of a manoeuvre. Um I think Jeff played Brooks in, he sort of shifted his body weight and he, he glided effortlessly past the Huddersfield defenders and then did a you know did a pirouette and approached the byline. Sadly his cross didn't result in anything, but Jeff, we're like we're all thinking that's the David Brooks we know and love. I mean it was Sam Davis in his pomp. I mean <laughs> Well, yeah. I, I still I, I still I still don't <laughs> understand quite what he did, but I just know he beat the player, the defender was left left for dead. And uh, yeah, I mean he was he was he was tormenting that 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 uh, Huddersfield midfield and, and rear guards in, in that first half and mm. um, yeah what can you say it, it, he's he's getting better and better we've got to keep him in January keep him with the club he's on a long contract with us because I think getting back in the Premier League we need David Brooks to be in our Premier League team mm. and then as as Tom alluded to. He had that shot that went wide that he probably should have done better with, really. He won a free kick in the injury time in the first half, which Stanislas whipped across. Tom loves a whippy cross, and that's what happened there. The keeper did was you know did well with um, by palming it away, and we went off 3-0 up. I, I was really surprised, Jeff, when the iFollow stats came up, though, saying that I just feel that I had 51% possession. It didn't feel like that at all. Didn't feel like that at all. I mean, every time we went forward, it looked like we were going to score. Yeah. Um, uh, and I, I, seriously, I thought Steve Cook was going to score from that free kick right at the end as well. You know, really mm-hmm. unlucky. Um, we were we were just all over them, and and I think we could sit back a little bit and just let them let them try and pass through us, and they they just weren't good enough to do that. So every time we broke on them, I thought we were going to score. I think that's what it is with possession stats, isn't it? I mean, I. I'm... They, it was clear they had a fair bit of the ball, but like Jeff alluded to that, it was almost like we went, actually, it suits us, you have it. As soon as we get it back, we're in. And virtually 100% of the time when we had the ball, we, we created something, we made something happen, we looked like we could score. Virtually every time they had the ball, they didn't look like they were doing anything with it. And we almost like um, lulled them into a false sense of security if they were playing quite well and knocking the ball around. And we were just almost, it almost looked like we were just waiting waiting for our moment, and then it was just bang, 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 we're away. We didn't need to play 10 passes to try and get a shot away. We could do it within three, do you know what I mean? And um, I think that's where stats like that kind of, you know, don't read the whole story because we actually battered them and they have 51% possession, do you know what I mean? It's, But yeah, I think that's what was so good about us. We didn't, sort of like Man City at the weekend, obviously in that nil-nil draw, and they had so much of the ball, but they just didn't do anything. They're just knocking it around like aimlessly. And, if, yeah. and you know, you've got to be, there's got to be something that comes at the end of that possession. And that was what was so good for me is there's been a few games where we've knocked it around in front of a defence and not really gone anywhere. But we always looked like we could get in behind and cause problems. And um, yeah, that was, that's what we've done the whole half. There was a lot of confidence, I thought, yesterday from the, the defenders to actually bring the ball forward. I think you saw you saw that from Lloyd Kelly was really good going forwards. Adam Smith was spending a lot of time forwards. And that was that was from a more orthodox back four. But also, Jack Simpson did a fantastic break through the middle in the end of that first half. You know, beat about three players. And and Steve Cook in the second half did the same. You know, bringing the ball out, running the length of the pitch. And when our defenders do that, 
I think that that again shows you just just how well we're playing. But also, you need that sort of bravery because otherwise, it, it it can feel a bit sterile that you're just passing the ball on the back four for possession rather than you know being brave and going forwards and taking taking some of their midfielders on. Yeah, and there was a there were little incidents that happened during the game. These little kind of nuggets of action that sort of wouldn't really be picked up. But Jack Simpson in the second half, at some point, some silky footwork on the left flank and. You know what? When you're watching those kind of matches behind closed doors in the Premier League where Sky Sports are putting their fans on, you know, you, you don't get to hear the crowd cheers at those moments because you hear, it's almost like white noise. And, you know, even when you watch a match on TV at Old Trafford with 78,000 fans in, you still hear these isolated voices in amongst the sort of general fervour. Whereas with fake noise, you, you know, like you don't hear it and it's almost like a background lull. But we, I really enjoyed these little hey moments when people were doing that and almost the ironic cheer when Steve Cook did that world even run and he just overran it at the end. And that's one thing that I just really enjoyed. And I was excited because the Bournemouth fans would have been excited and, you know, like everyone would have been smiling at that point. Now, um, you know, Philip Billing in the second half, I thought, had a great game. I mean, I thought he had a first half. There was a, this like silky turn at one stage where... Uh, Lewis Cook played the ball through to him and he just like turned on the spot and set up another counter-attack. And then he cut in on the right flank and uh, reached the byline, cut the ball back. It did reach a Terry's defender. But then on the left flank, he, he managed to fire in a low shot that was easy to deal with. What what has changed, Jeff? What, what's gone on with Philip Billing? It's amazing. There was a great interview on Solid yesterday, which I'd urge everybody to listen to. It got played before the AFCB TV um, commentary started yesterday and I think we forget right players are human beings it sounded to me like he's got some uh, personal stuff going on or been going on that's affected him and um, you know we we think they're machines we look at every game we think right that's what you got to do it's easy come on you just got to do that better move the, and Billings case move the ball faster you know get forward more blah 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 but but they're not robots um, and I, I, I actually, I actually felt quite sorry. He's obviously been stung a lot by the criticism as well. So, you know, maybe, maybe we just need to recognise that and cut a bit of slack because the last three games, actually, since Barnsley, he has been excellent. He's great at breaking up the ball, breaking up their their play going forwards. His legs are so freaking long, that, you know. <laughs> he gets his feet in where you don't expect it, and the opposition don't expect it either. And that is yeah. that is that was so useful for us yesterday. But also, it's just his his distribution going forwards, much more positive. His mindset is he's much more on it, and I think he needs to be playing that forward position uh, in in the midfield. I mean, we were just such a good unit, though. It's, it's unfair to single out individuals because the team functioned and gelled the best I've seen this season yesterday. Yeah. And Billings definitely, Billings definitely better, a little bit more advanced. I remember yeah. when we he had that good game when he scored. I think it was against Villa, um, which was the big win in the Premier League, and he was that little bit more advanced and um, just gives him a little bit more of a license, but. Like Jeff said, there it was just great. It was great to see him just playing with a smile on his face. To be honest, he was he seemed to be really enjoying it, and I don't see that a lot from Billy. He almost looks because he looks laboured sometimes, and maybe things haven't been going well for him. He almost looks like he's a bit disheartened, and it was really good to see him. He looked like he was enjoying his football. Like Jeff said, with his long strides, he's just like wandering. But you just think he's just walking past people. It's brilliant. But um, yeah, no, I'm really pleased for him, and I think credit to JT as well. He gave him the opportunity when um, uh, Lerma was suspended. He played, he performed, and he's gone. Well, you're staying in then. And I think, you know, that's what Billing will know now that, hang on, I come in, I scored a goal and I played well and now I'm playing. So, you know, I've been rewarded. So um, I think he knows now, you know, if he plays like that, he can. But definitely, I think with, with Lewis's role as well, with, with Jeff everywhere in and around him, it gave him a bit of a licence. And yeah. he's, I've never said that he hasn't, I don't think any of us have ever said that he hasn't got technical quality. It's just been sometimes you think... It, like you say, the tempo of it, and is he, he looks a bit laboured and kind of just, just give us a bit more. But I think the frustration has been because we know he's a good player. Like we wouldn't be as frustrated if we think he's just not good enough. We know he is, so it's really it's great to see him performing well. And I'm, I'm chuffed for him, really am. And he's um, if he can keep this up, we've got a another player who will almost be like a new signing if he keeps it in these levels. So uh, yeah, chuffed for him, chuffed for him. Just one more thing on that, Sam. Actually, how many times last season did we talk about the the players feeling like it was square pegs in round holes, mm. where if we played Billing and Lerma together, 
they were the sort of defensive midfielders. And it didn't feel like either of them was really given the opportunity to go forward or play play a more advanced role. When Lewis Cook used to play, he was the more advanced midfielder and it would either be Lerner or Billings sitting behind him. But now yeah. we've totally flipped that and it feels that the, the dynamic for the team is so much healthier as a result. Yeah, completely. And I, I just love those little moments, as, as I say, where he turned and the fans, uh, you know, were cheering him on and they were cheering him off as well because uh, Brooks and Billing came off and Gosling and Surridge came on. Before that, Dom Solanke had a chance where he cut in on his left. It, it fired a low shot just wide of the post. And also Lloyd Kelly was in the thick of the action. I think Toffolo looked to be through on goal, but great defending with a last-ditch challenge from Lloyd. Uh, you know, we we seem solid all over the pitch and there's, you know, there's not many games where you can say that. Even the 4-0 at Barnsley, we looked vulnerable at the back and had they been more clinical, they weren't. In terms of our clinicality, Jeff, I've seen a stat that we're actually top of the clinicality league. I think we need to call it that. Wow. But, you know, it's good to see. And then, yeah, we made changes. And, yeah, as I said, Gosling and Surridge came on. Dan Gosling was in the thick of the action for goal number four. Tom, Junior Stanislas, he picks it up on the left flank. He he runs inside. And, uh, you know, at that point, what are you thinking? <laughs> Talk us through the goal. I remember him picking up the ball and thinking, go on then, give it. Give it or shoot, shoot. So what are you getting? You know what I mean? It was, <laughs> it was unbelievable. And the last time I remember doing that was away at Fulham uh, with Brett Pittman. So yeah. I turned to my mate and instead of saying that was Messi-esque, I said he turned into Brett there. But mm. what a run. I mean, we know he's got that close control, but he just kept going. It was brilliant. Defenders didn't know what to do. But I think that's one of them goals that if that's scored kind of by a Messi or something, that's on loop for a week. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I think Lewis looks like he might get the goal of the month for last month. I think that could be well up there. Um, what a goal. Absolutely brilliant. And I was really chuffed for Junior because I think sometimes when you like Brooks and, and Dom are getting a lot of, you know, rightly so, getting a lot of plaudits when we're... I think Junior goes a little bit unnoticed because I think he's really intelligent football. He picks up little pockets really well and sometimes he gets the ball and just makes like a one-touch pass and it's not really noticed, but it was a really clever bit of movement. And he also, what I will say is in that first half, he helped out a lot defensively as well. He was back there a lot. Um, when we were kind of, when we were not really under pressure, but when we were just clearing the ball, it was often junior. Um, and his work rates, I, I would have thought if you were playing kind of left back, left centre back, you'd be really happy that junior's there because he puts in a real shift. And um, a lot of people said about him, it's just, just keeping him fit in there because we know the quality he's got. But yeah, chuffed with him to get on the score sheet as well. And it was a it was a beautiful goal. I mean, I didn't even realise who gave him the ball. I just, I couldn't think of an assist. It was just felt like junior had it forever. I think it was then, Kelly, actually. Was it? Yeah, so... But, yeah, just yeah. what a run and what a finish. He was, I mean, he was nearly on the halfway line, wasn't he? Yeah, well, he, I mean, but, you know, there are some people that have been saying, well, you know, anyone could have scored that. Really? It was like the party of the Red Sea. Jeff, do you agree with that? Oh, uh, that... Junior's a special talent, and I, I I agree with Tom, you know, sometimes he he does get a bit overlooked. He's got a lot of skill. You hear that a lot of the other players will always talk about him being one of the most talented in the in the squad, if not the most talented with the ball at his feet. And I think I think he, he showed it yesterday again, that sort of bravery to dribble rather than just look for an easy pass. Fantastic. I also think I think it was in that one there was a bit of build up play on the other side between Lerma and, and Dom as well that sort of started the move going where you thought, you know, that sort of competition and will to win the ball and not give it up was was an important facet of the play yesterday you know bringing that same intensity to the game and yeah you know fantastic fantastic world-class finish but Huddersfield's defensive play was appalling so yeah I don't you know I don't want to mention him too much but you know the way that Ryan Fraser in his prime used to just run recklessly <laughs> what, what, what are you, are you doing he, he used to run recklessly and he didn't really care what was in front of him. And that's what Junior Stanislas did. It was his moment. He was so quick and so fast and his momentum. So, and, and that's scary to play against when you've got that. But a couple of things that have maybe been slightly overlooked. When you get the chance to see the extended highlights on ASCB TV, there's an angle from behind the goal in the North Stand. And there are two runs from left to right as you're looking at it. So they're running from the East Stand to the Main Stand. From Dan Gosling who brings a player with him and creates that space. And the same by Sam Surridge, who, who just grabs hold of a shirt. He, he almost manhandles his marker a little bit in order to make it easier for Junior to run through a notch. But yeah, credit to Junior. At the end, his footwork, 
you know, just enabled him to get that chance. And yeah, really, really good finish. And it wasn't long after that, Tom. It was two. So nice to see Sam Surridge score, eh? Oh, yeah, brilliant. I was chuffed for him. Um, he scored a few now, but apparently none in front of our, our fans. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, which was which was really nice touch. And it was two substitutes combined in one minute. Goss, Goss played him in really well. And um, I did think that when, when we made the changes. Huddersfield, you know, were obviously, they'd lost the game. They looked shattered. We were on to them every time. And then you bring in someone like Goslin on, you must think, oh, because he just doesn't stop running, does he? And just niggling away all the time. And he'd done that as soon as he'd come on. Um, I thought he was great. And I think when you've got these young players coming through and really good technical footballers, when you've got Goslin running around with them, it's, it's really nice. He has, he has got... He's going to play a massive part in this squad without starting too many games. He's he's going to be vital, I think, Goss. So I was really pleased to see him come on and cushion the ball nicely into Surridge and really nice first take finish. And he looked yeah. to see when he jumped up, he was just like, get in there, scored in front of the fans and come straight on and ask what, you know, done what I've been told to do, just come on and make an impact. And he keeps doing that. So I was, um, yeah, chuffed for him, from him. And like you say, I think it was Dom who played in Goslin and, and Surridge really drew the defender in and out really well. And then, uh, Finish, finish beautifully. So um, that was icing on the cake, really, for Sarris to come on and get a goal, definitely. Absolutely. It is his goals per minute ratio, as Chris Temple said, is phenomenal, Jeff. I mean, it's probably one of the best in the championship. Not played many minutes, but my God, he knows how to hit the back of the net. Uh, how lovely it is to have two natural finishers playing striker for us, eh? <laughs> Yeah, that was that was why we weren't going to go up on it. We didn't have a natural. We need a striker. We ain't got a natural striker. Suddenly we got two, Tom. Suddenly just just cup, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so can stay at home if he wants. I thought, I, well, you, you know, you talk about that. I mean, I mean, Josh King probably will be moving on, almost certainly moving on. I don't think we're going to miss him with the the quality that we've got with Sam and, and Dom up front. And also, I thought what was great was seeing other players coming off the bench as well with real energy to make it six or seven. Raquel May was really unlucky, but looked a real quality talent yeah. going forwards. Um, as indeed did our 16-year-old who found out he was playing when he was in the barber's chair. Oh, wow. I didn't I didn't know that story, but that's, that's amazing. But yeah, like you say, Roro, I think Lewis Cook nearly played through Adam Smith with the ball of the season. Uh, however, it was cut out by the Huddersfield defender, but Jefferson Lerma then um, managed to capitalise and then played Roro through a goal. And he, he managed to create space to fire a right-footed shot, but it went straight towards the keeper. I think we want to turn uh, a corner of that. And Lerma, I just thought he was so industrious throughout. And then later on, he, he played a square ball to Gosling. He sort of swept home a shot that it was easily gathered by the Huddersfield goalkeeper. But then, as you say, yeah, Ajani Birchall came on, the youngest player that's ever played for AFC Bournemouth. And also Zamora on as well. And uh, Stanislas and Smith made way. I mean, the future's bright, isn't it, Tom? Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. And I think what's interesting is, uh, you know, I've been one to do it as well, is sometimes you look at the substitutes bench when we've got a few injuries and think, well, actually, are we a bit thinner? You know, a few more injuries. Yeah, it'll be cool. But then you soon realise that actually, Surridge is all right to be called upon, you know. Look at, you know, since he's been called upon, brilliant. And then you forget that, like, off the ball was crucial to Wickham's promotion. And I think he would get in a lot lot more teams than we realise. Not as young anymore, but you see Jack Simpson come in when we've got a few knocks. He'd get in most defences in the championship, in my opinion. You've seen little bits from, like, Jay Nanty, Roro Raquel, and you think, actually, they would probably get a lot of minutes for other championship sides. I don't think it's as, it's easy to say the squad looks thin, but are they actually just quite good at this level? Yeah. I think they, we've got some good talent there. And, yeah, to... Uh, Zamora, great to get him on. We've seen him in the cup, haven't we? But not in the um, in the league. And obviously, he's had international caps for Zimbabwe since, which is great. And he had a little half chance, did he? When he, he just seemed yeah, to yeah. like see the headlights and seemed to panic a little bit. But um, yeah, and I think uh, Birchall played a nice little ball through at one point as well. Great to see. And yeah, it was it was just. I mean, it was the icing on the cake, wasn't it? That fans are back, you know. And you've got to bring them them guys on. I thought, or will he bring him on? And that was brilliant from JT. I thought he he done that really well. That and it shows the confidence he shows in them as well. You know because you you want to still keep a clean sheet. Do you know what I mean? You don't want to kind of near the end of the game concede a couple of goals and and win five two and think oh we didn't end the game very well. But he's obviously got that much confidence in them type of players yeah. to to just chuck them on and know they could do a job. And I never thought you know you you end in the game with like I say Zamora, Birchall, Raquel May, but they all look so hungry. We didn't look any weaker. Yeah. Um, and I think Jess alluded to, to it a few times. What was, what was great throughout the game is the game was done at half-time, 
but we didn't look like a team that were just keeping the ball and just going through the motions. We were so bitey, like trying to get the ball back. And you think, you know, like we need, it was almost like we needed another goal. The, the, the pressing and how the high energy it was. I mean, Smithy's just running down that right mm. in, you know, with like 10 minutes to go. And you're thinking, you don't have to do that, Smithy. The game's won, mate. But the hunger and the, the team spirit there was was brilliant. And like you say, getting some of the youngsters off the bench was was the icing on the cake and really good for, for the academy lads. Brilliant. Mm. And uh, you know what I've said on previous podcasts and on free-for-alls and stuff, I thought that we were only a few games away from absolutely battering a team. And ironically, despite the fact we scored five against Huddersfield, I think it could have been more of a battering because I felt like, yeah, it could have been six or seven, but that was it. It was a complete performance in many ways, a big confidence boost for the lads. And Jeff, I know the Championships are League where you can look at previous results you've had against teams and compared to how they're doing now and think, well, that was actually a quite a good result. Yes, when the, like in the Championship where everyone beats everyone, you know, people are doing that all the time. But with the result in mind, with fans back in the stadium and what they gave us, because obviously the team, they just played with an extra 20% or whatever. Could you look back at our one-all at Middlesbrough where they had a thousand fans and actually think to yourself... That wasn't a bad result. I mean, yeah, they were flying high. Well, I mean, they're flying high now. I mean, they dropped off a little bit, but that as well, you know, that's another factor to put into it because, you know, we well, we dominated them yesterday. Yeah, it definitely makes a difference. Even even more so, I think, in our ground, you know, it's a smaller ground, 2,000 fans. It may, you know, that that's that's only 20% of the stadium, whereas Middlesbrough... I don't, know, I don't know what the Riverside's like. There's 30,000 capacity and 1,000 fans in there, you know, completely different proportions. So I do think that makes a difference. It is in our favour. Having said that, I think, you know, we're also going to go to some fairly tight grounds in the next few weeks. It'll be interesting to see how we get on at Luton because, yeah. uh, you know, they got a stunning result against Neutra a few weeks ago at home. You know, it's not going to be it's not going to be easy. So and, and we, we need to be putting this team under the sort of pressure in those away games where they are playing against vocal fans to just see how they stand up. Because when we do get back in the Premier League, you know, don't want to be arrogant at all, but hopefully we're on the way to that. And, you know, we're going to need to face hostile crowds again. And, you know, it's it's going to be different for us. So there's a, there's a few interesting games coming up. One thing I'd also like to say about the game yesterday, it was one of those matches where you feel that the players didn't want the game to end. You know, we, could, we wanted seven, we wanted eight, we wanted more goals. And I think the next game coming really soon on Tuesday, Wickham, I mean, I'm super excited that we'll get a similar level of performance. If the players can keep that buzz going from Saturday, you know, we're in for another treat, I think. Yeah, I think that was that's key as well, like you're saying about the fans, Sam. Like, we just alluded to it there. I wonder if it's, you can't ever tell, but I wonder if there weren't any fans in there and we would say 3-0 up. I wonder if we'd have just won the game 3-0 and like I say, just kind of kept the ball. And almost when you got the fans there, it made them a little bit more, you know, biting, you're, you're cheering every tackle and things like that. And like you said about the Middlesbrough game, I remember watching that and they were just chucking balls in the box. And I felt like it was almost their, their fans were getting, come on, and they were just kept putting balls in the box, balls in the box. And, and it kind of draws you in. It's like a magnet, isn't it? They were coming and so because we were 1-0 for, for a long time in that Borough game, weren't we? And it, it felt like one where if they didn't have supporters, maybe we could have hung on. You never know. But I think that's a good point from Jeff. If, if Luton have a few fans, that would be interesting. Um, it'll obviously be interesting as well with the when the tiers get reviewed, because um, we've probably got as good chance, as probably a better chance than Eddie, of dropping the tier and getting 4,000 in there. Who knows? We've got a, I think we've got an outside chance with the the rates drop in so we'll see but um we've certainly got a better chance than any and, and like jeff said with the with the smaller ground as well two thousand fans in the vitality mm. is a lot is it brings a lot more than two thousand fans in like the riverside with thirty thousand people yeah. um it because i was thinking about it i think it, well, it doesn't feel like that long ago when we'd have the odd game where we'd have three thousand in there do you know what i mean so yeah it's it's exciting yeah. and, and uh just can't wait for tuesday mate I was about to say, 4,000 fans at Dean Court. That sounds like the good old days. If only we had some cushions to throw on the pitch as well, it'd be the complete complete experience, wouldn't it? Right. We've probably spoke about this for longer than we have any game, but it's not often that AFC Bournemouth demolish a team 5-0. So I think it's fully justified. Jeff, thank you once again for coming on. Really appreciate it. Cheers for having me. Can't wait for Tuesday. And Tom Jordan, once again, thank you so much. Cheers, Sam. Can't wait for Tuesday.
So there we go. That is another podcast in the can, episode 107. As I said, it was a bit of an extended one, but it's not often you win 5 0. And the, the fact the fans were back, I just thought that we needed to wax lyrical about it. So we did. So Tuesday night, it's Wickham Wanderers, more of the same, please. And then we're going to be back next week, same time, same place, on your podcast app, Monday morning, hopefully talking about another Cherries win. Until then, you've been listening to Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. Junior Stanislas on the ball, heading forward inside the Huddersfield half. With purpose, Junior Stanislas, going past everybody! Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.